Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series Australia's ever produced, the 100% Hits Volume Compilation Series. My name is Josh Earl, and this week, oh, a very special guest. Thank you. Please welcome to your ears. It's Nate Valvo, everyone. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, I always talk before the end That's of right. the intro, but you said something talk. nice. Hello, Josh, yeah. and hello to your listeners. Um, I know we spoke about this at a gig when I saw you a few weeks ago, but straight up, I have to tell your lovely listeners that I am indeed a, a hit machine boy. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure I had one or two 100% hits, but um, hit machine all the way at the Valvo residence. It's so funny how families were divided by this. Mm-hmm. Were you hit machine? Were you 100% hits? We were 100% hits out. And this, what we're talking about today, volume six, side A, this is the first one that made its way into the Earl household. Oh, look out. It's yep. almost like I feel, I wonder if people listening think that the Hit Machine 100% Hits So Fresh battle is the Neighbours Home and Away household battle. No household did both. Well, that's not true. In Tasmania, you could do both because we had Home and Away and Neighbours on the same channel. That's one good. after each other. Okay, that's, that's how we you do it. We live the dream down there. That's how you do it. I um, man, in hit machines, uh, people that have seen my show, which I'm sure is a, a lot of your listeners. Yeah, we have a big crossover. <laughs> uh, I actually take hit machines so seriously that for a number of years, uh, my house music that you heard when you walked into my show every year was a different hit machine. Oh, that's good. See, yeah. I I normally choose my house music on those days where I don't want to work on the show. I go, this is this is work for the show. Choosing mm. songs that people will walk into and talk over the top of. That's, that's work. Oh, mate. I'm all, every time I start my show, when I do that, that tech with the, when you have to sit down with your tech and talk about the show, I'm yep. like two words, bells and whistles. <laughs> a Nate Falvo show is bells and whistles. I want a moving light. I'm bringing in a disco ball. I want, I, they're, they're walking into a club. I stayed in a hotel in Sydney last weekend and in in the elevator going up to my room, there was a disco ball. I'm like, that is, I know Sydney's a party town. It's too I, much. I think I know that hotel. I think I yeah. know it. I think I've been in it. In Surrey Hills. Yeah. Hotel, I think I'll I, say, I'm not staying there now. Hotel 57 is what it's called. Yeah, I think I've been there. I think yeah. I mean, you got up to different things in that hotel, I'm guessing okay. as well. Well, but, it was the only hotel I've ever been in where it was a single bed only. Oh, yeah. That's, Can I say, did you have a very comfortable sleep? Because it was great. Yeah, I had a single bed once on a roadshow with Comedy Festival, one of those motels. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really nice sleep. Yeah, you feel contained. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a little hug. Maybe Back, that's the problem. It was, mine, was, mine was a little car and it was, <laughs> it was great. I, I just loved it sitting in a car. But anyway, so I'll pretend that I'm interested in 100% hits. All right, well, I know you're interested in pop music though. You like pop music. You've got listeners of my previous podcast, you know, I would know that you have a... 
a tattoo of Kylie Minogue's signature on your person. Mm-hmm. On my arm. Now, this is the thing. The last song on these compilations is Kylie Minogue's Better the Devil You Know. Okay. The dream for this podcast, and I'm going to say it, and listeners, you'll hear this a lot over mm-hmm. the next 60 weeks, is to have Kylie come on the last show. Now, you've had her on a radio show that you did. I did. I got 45 minutes with her in a hotel room face-to-face, Josh Earl. Do you think she will come and do this this podcast, a live one? Say I do it at a nice venue like the Toff in town. No. But can I tell you, Danny has a great knowledge of pop music, is fantastic in interviews, and I've heard her do a podcast called This Is Disco, I think, which is just a couple of raging gays talking about Kylie and Danny albums, and she went on it. All right, so she won't be offended if I ask her to come on and talk about her sister's body of work? Oh, sorry, I didn't understand that (laughs) bit. Okay, that's weird. That's real weird. Yeah, that's why why I'm shooting for Kylie. Look, Danny, the floor is open. You can come, the door is open to me. You can come Uh, on. We did manipulate her. It was in 2010 when she was uh, releasing Aphrodite, the album. Let's go way back. And she she was doing uh, Hamish and Andy when they had their radio show. Yep. And Fitzin Whipper, who were also a drive show. Yep. And they said no to everyone else. And we had the breakfast show on Joy FM in Melbourne, community gay station. Yep. Uh, you know, I did two days a week, whatever. None of us got paid. And so we milked the, you know, this yep. is gay, gay community. Look what we've done for you. Uh, and then I did promise on air if she said yes, I would get the tattoo. So it kind of unraveled. Yeah. And um, it all happened. So unless I would say maybe maybe a tattoo promise from Josh. All right, I'll get Ky- I'll get something Kylie tattooed on me. Yeah. All right. Do okay, it. that's but that's that's volume thirty three, okay. side B. This is volume six, side A. Now sure. we're going into nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. We're starting off with a little band called the Utah Saints. And this is their track, something. <laughs> say straight up go for it that is my favorite of the nine songs we will oh, listen to today that is it an is absolute effing banger 
and what a way to start a compilation as well. That is like normally they start off horny. This mm. one is starting off with just no. This is and I think any any DJ should mix a song that has their own applause in the song. I I was I actually thought just listening then. Why have songs stopped putting crowds cheering in there? Yeah. <laughs> that was a real thing in the 90s. So yeah. many songs back then have a crowd cheering. Yeah. Well, this, so Utah Saints DJs, Jez Willis and Tim Garbutt, they mm-hmm. started off doing club nights. That's how they started. They were DJs in club nights. So they knew what people were going to dance to, So, which is a great kind of like experience yep. to be able to go, all right, we know what they're going to do. Uh, and so they began as MDMA. That was their first name. It was called Mega Dance Metal Allegiance. Great name. Yeah, and then uh, then they kind of form. So this, so do you know the sample they're using there? The singer. I, I, it sounds. She sounds very familiar, but she you know she also sounds like she sounds like Robin. Oh well, I'm sure Robin will take that as a massive compliment because that yes. is Kate Bush, right? So, but they've yeah. done, they've like they've yeah. played her up, right? They've t- yeah. tweaked the pitch super high, right? Yes, they have. Yeah, so that's from her yeah. song "Cloud Busting." Yes, um, and they there was a rumor that she sued them for oh. using it and that's not true she loved okay. it yeah she and they went through all the right channels and she normally says no to everything if yeah. people want to sample her they they say no and uh she loved what they did with the song and loved how they manipulated her voice in it and so she was like yeah go for it and they even she even gave them uh footage of her film clip to use in their film clip as well it's just an absolute banger of the song so yes. you could you couldn't get uh, look, my my music taste growing up was very, very hidden and secret because it was always very poppy and it was embarrassing. Uh, but later on, I think like all of a sudden it became okay to like bad pop about a decade ago. Yep. Uh, and so, but with it, my love of bad pop morphed as I grew up. Your music taste gets better. Definitely morphed into like proper electro kind of like house vocal stuff. And the I didn't I didn't know this pe- these people. Oh. And then I dived in and was like, oh, they were like. Pioneers. Like, pioneers is a good yeah. word. They were like, yeah. they knew what was going on. They absolutely did. This was also used in for the BBC when they did the uh, 1992 Barcelona Olympic Games. Okay. <laughs> so the dream team. The, the absolute dream sit team. sit in to watch the dream team and listen to Utah Saints. Yeah. So straight off the bat, that is a banger. Utah Saints, something good. It's great. All downhill from here, so. I no, I, I I disagree. Now, here we have a little man known as Jimmy Nail, ex sexiest man in Britain award winner. Oh, look at his out. song, Ain't No Doubt. While we're playing it, just look up Jimmy Nail for All me, right. Nate Valvo, and see if you agree. Oh, tap that, he that. Is a sexy, sexy man. Will I tap Jimmy Nail? No, is the answer. <laughs> I mean, sure. She says, it's not you, it's me. Oh, God, I love it. I'm talking in space. Place to find myself again, you know. Oh, oh yeah, man, yeah. I get it. I yeah. know goodbye when I hear it. Do you? She smiles, but her heart's mm-hmm. only out there. Walking mm-hmm. down the street. She Tell says, me more, Jimmy. Still be a Mason James. Oh, this is a good bit. She's lying. <laughs> She's lying, Josh. What does she pretend? 
Alright, this song got a lot better as it went. It didn't That's where we'll stop it there. Goes back into another talking verse. Tells a story of Jimmy. he loves her, but she's no good for him. She keeps lying. She's got another lover. Do you remember um, how many songs in the 90s were a man and woman talking to each other through verse? Oh, pa- Paula Abdul, DJ yeah. Scat Cat. Yeah, opposites attract. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. you'd know that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that used to happen quite a lot. Like, you know, yeah. they'd have a chat or have a fight. It's it's the uh, Greece um, kind of influence. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. I'm sorry, I'm still just a bit gobsmacked. He won some sort of sexy, sexiest man of the year. He uh, looks G- like Jimmy Nail. If someone uh, Google images, he looks like um, Sean McAuliffe's boxer character. What's his name? <laughs> What's uh, his... My- Milo. Yeah, he looks like Milo Kerrigan. He looks <laughs> like Milo Kerrigan. <laughs> So I'm sure he's a nice man. I shouldn't judge someone well, on their looks. I'll tell you a bit about it. He's an actor as well. So in the early 80s, he was in a show called Off Widershin Pet. Uh, and he pl- and he also played the title role in in Spender. I don't know either of those shows, just so you know, Nath. Mm. Uh, he went to jail um, in his early 20s. Uh, he was dealing with some uh, trauma. His sister died uh, at the age of 20. And so he got in a fight after a football match and was sent to prison. After he got out of prison, he went and worked in a glass factory. And this is where the name Jimmy Nail comes in because his real name's James Michael Aloysius Bradford. But he was um, opening up a crate of glass and stood on a six-inch spike and it went through his foot. So everyone, I think that's a scene in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, He's one of the wet bandits. <laughs> Jimmy Nail, the original wet bandit. Yeah. He got out of jail and informed the wet bandits. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and so that's he adopted... Nail, everyone called him Nail. So when he was starting singing, he was Jimmy Nail. He's also sure, and you may have watched him in this film. <clears throat> he's in Evita, the Madonna Antonio oh. Banderas. Ba- oh, Antonio Banderas is that his name? Yeah, yeah it is. Name. And yeah. I can say this as a huge Madonna fan. That movie is is a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he plays, uh, I think he sings, is there a song called One in a Million or something like that? Like he, he, he sings sure. that song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do, you, what do you think? I remember this being a huge song in my youth. Right. I don't, I have no memory of it. It's very catchy. It's very yeah. catchy. And who's the girl? Sylvia Mason James. Do you, I think, uh, look, she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Oh yeah. That, that was, he was just telling her to shut up in the shoot. What is it? You're lying. <laughs> You're lying. Well, my memory of this song as well uh. is that, Comedian Oliver Clark, mm-hmm. for those who aren't in Melbourne might not know him, but he's very, very funny. He plays kind of like a, a crooner. He wears a pale blue suit. He used to, now he wears a black suit. But he will do this. He will just do the talking bit and go, why does she pretend? And then he goes, and the band kicks in, oh, wouldn't that be good? And then he just goes on. And <laughs> I think, I love it because I know what he's referencing. I would say 5% of the audience know the song he's referencing. They just oh. think he's doing some weird bit. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, he should get... Someone, I'll jump on stage so I can do the you're lying bit. Yeah. Don't be sick, you're lying. <laughs> All right, moving on. Comes across a bit aggressive, by the way. I don't think it would really fly these days having a female vocalist with the man cutting in going, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. You liar. All right, this song, Tennessee by the hip-hop group Arrested Development. Tennessee. 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 
Absolute banger. I love this song. Well, I can't lie. I only know their other one. People Every Day. Uh, yeah, that one. The Everyday That's the only one yep. of them I know. Sorry, everyone. Yep. That's all right. This, well, this was uh, their first single. This one uh, came okay. out before. Yeah. Yeah. But So this uh, this group started. So it's Speech and Headliner. They're the two main people. There's been so many different members. They're still going as a, as a hip-hop group, by the way. Uh, kind of started to be a counterpoint to all the gangster rap that was very popular. They're like, hey, we want to be a positive band. We mm. want to be, show that hip-hop can be actually positive and not just so uh, gangster kind of influenced. And so that's what these uh, guys started. Uh, this song samples Prince's Alphabet Street. Mm. Unlike Utah Saints, they did not clear it. So uh, Paisley Park, where Prince Prince's business was like, oh, yeah. nah, you can't do that. So sued them, and Prince won for a hundred thousand dollars. Nath, I mean, that's as your dad would say, that was like a million dollars back then. <laughs> well, Speech has later come out and said that Prince actually did them a solid because they could have sued for ro- like royalties in the, the future, hmm. and he said, no, 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 I don't want that. I just want. I'll, I'll take $100,000 and they can keep the profits in the future. And so they've actually made the money back. Got I it. just love the absolute balls of, there's a, so many stories about sampling gone yep. wrong, but I just love that someone was just like, fuck it, just fucking press record. <laughs> well, it was the early days <laughs> we'll, as well. We'll put did, it in our song. But if you, back in like 92, when you were writing this song going, well, do we ask Prince if we can use it? I'm like, mm. how are we going to contact him? Yeah, it's true. No email. Well, you can't now. Yeah, exactly. You can't now unless you get a Ouija board out. But like, <laughs> it's, but then you go, all right, we'll just see how it works. And then maybe, and there must be going, oh, part of you going, I hope this is popular. But also at the same time, I hope Prince doesn't hear this. And wasn't Prince a, uh, wasn't Prince a, 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 a very, uh, very business minded professional musician very into like own ownership and publishing and didn't he have heaps of like battles with record companies and all of that stuff so he's well, that, not the guy to fuck with that was the whole reason why he changed his name to symbol and the artist previously known as prince to get out hmm. of contracts because he's like all right you own the name prince but i can record under other stuff and release it he also apparently has still like hundreds and hundreds of hours of unreleased stuff that he's like no no that's just for me and in in, in that uh, collection, of course, I know this is a song written with Kylie Minogue. Kylie and Prince did, in fact, meet 
and um, he was like, wow. let's, make, let's make a song. And, and she went to his studio. I don't know if that's code word for making music, if you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, and they made a song and it's never seen the light of day and she's never heard it and she doesn't know where it is. Well, Elle McPherson said that Prince was the greatest lover she's ever had. Oh. Yeah. There we he go. Only, he was only a little, he was only like five foot two, five foot three. Oh, that's fine. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. Short I mean, king. Nothing wrong with being short. I was going to uh, say, Josh, you're saying something here? Yeah, you're, I'm just getting we, that out there. I'm just putting it really out there. Are really talking yeah. about Prince? <laughs> uh, also, uh, Arrested Development hmm. sued. Speaking of, so, so they got sued by Prince. They sued Fox uh, and the show Arrested Development for using their name. I mean, I mean so is it is it linked? Was the show... Uh... No, no, no. Look, it's just a, it's a, it's a saying. It's, it's a, a saying, but they reckoned it was they like trademarked infringement, and so they sued for only ten thousand dollars. Did they win? Yeah. They, well, I think that they just, just said, well, Fox just went here. You go take yeah, yeah, take the yeah. money. Let us have the name. Like so yeah. weird. And they reference it in the show as well. There's a oh. um, headline that comes up in one of the papers, and then one of the sub headlines is like, so like. Um, TV show sued by band from the nineties kind of thing. They kind of, yeah, have a dig. Hey, this is my story about Arrested Development though. Like the band, Hmm. I, I, I met them when in 93, when the Earls went on a little holiday to surface paradise and we flew from uh, Launceston airport to Sydney first. And in the Sydney airport, Arrested Development were at one of those news agents there. Like, and they were looking at all the Australian like uh, chocolate bars and I knew who they were. I'd seen them on Rage, and I said, "Hey, you should get one of these ones. They're really good." And I pointed to a Mars, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, we have those in America." And that's you that's fucked my, it, Josh. That's my interaction. You <laughs> fucked it. Why would you go with the Mars, man? This is Australia. Well, give him a, a bloody polywaffle. <laughs> give him a caramel koala or something. I should have went caramel koala. Yeah, yeah come on, man. Thirteen-year-old me, absolutely fuck that for my. That's life. a good. That's a good sighting. That's, yeah, I mean, out of all the places in the world to see a, an iconic hip hop band, I, did, I just didn't think uh, a, an airport, airport news agent. Because would be I don't place. know the guy's name, but they had a really old guy in the band who was like their spiritual advisor. I, I don't, I haven't done the research on what his name is, but mm. that's how we knew it was the band because it was like seven of them, and then this really old guy. I'm like, yeah, that's Arrested Development, <laughs> who I probably called Mr. Wendell. All right. Moving on. <sighs> Can I tell you my favourite celeb spotting of all time? Oh, yeah, please do. I once saw Danny DeVito walking down the street in London. <laughs> to this day, nothing's topped it. Top that, Danny DeVito. My friend Kieran reckons he saw Nick Cave treading dog shit in St Kilda. I mean, that's okay. That's, that's very good as well. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure how much I believe yeah, it. Try and um, beat Danny DeVito. All right. Speaking of dog shit... This next band Uh-oh. is called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And this Uh-oh. is their song, Breaking the Girl. We don't listen to a heap of it. <laughs> we don't have to. Turn it off. I mean, <laughs> great. Let me turn it off there. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, my sister and my brother were huge 
you know, like they were, the, they were the cool siblings. So they had yeah. all the rock and, you know, all those cool bad, they love the chili peppers. So I un- annoyingly know most of their songs. I'm the same. My brother wasn't into them, but every single person in my town growing up was absolutely into the Red yes. Chili Peppers. Which just and look, I have to admit, this song is a it's 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 a good song, but I just sure. cannot cannot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chili hey, I'm not gonna. Fans. I'm not gonna. Hey, Chili Peppers fans. I'm not gonna diss coming from the Kylie fans sitting here. So I know what you've been through. Yeah. But, um, is it is he a bad singer? I like. Is I he, think is he technically a bad singer? All their songs come to life in the verses, right? And then when it gets to the chorus, he's like, "Coaster, toaster," just rhyming. It's just like he's just gone into a rhyming dictionary and going, "All right, we'll rhyme it." Instead, most people do like either A B A B rhyming or A A B B rhyming. He'll just go, "All right, we'll just go A A A A A A A A A A rhyming." I'll just rhyme. 20 things that rhyme with like tractor and then we'll go back to the verse. And do you remember the, uh, his book scar tissue do I ever was in every single household that had someone under 30 in it for, it was the original barefoot investor. Yeah. Everywhere you went, someone got it for Christmas, got it for their birthday. Aunties love giving their nephews the scar tissue book. Nathan, can I tell you the two genders? The two genders are Scar Tissue and Amy Poehler's book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, um, you mean Tina Fey's book, isn't it? Oh, Tina Fey's is Bossy oh, Pants. Oh, so that's Bossy Pants. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, you're right. Are, either of those. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're I, the two genders. Yeah. I think if, if Australia did that thing, they recalled all the guns. I think if Australia did a Scar Tissue book recall, <laughs> we would see like mountains of that book. I haven't been into a secondhand bookshop for a long time, but I, I guarantee there's uh, scar tissue copies in there. I think I read it. I think I think I, it was, it. I think it was one of my first books, big books that I read young, and I think I was reading it because I think there was tinges of like sexuality in it that was quite mysterious, and I think I used to get stiffies reading it, thinking that he was like secretly gay or something. Wasn't there something in the book about? Uh, yeah, I think there was experimenting or something. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah. I think. Look, I, I've also I've got material about this book, so oh, okay. I, I feel I okay. feel bad going into it. But Fine. it is that okay. it is that thing of like it's it's a bad book. Okay, it's bad. <laughs> um, so this was the fourth single from Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which they spell magic with a K. Yuck. Um, and do you know one thing about this song? I, I don't look of of their songs. I think this is one of their better ones. Absolutely, but. They've only played this song like 13 times live. Mm. So they uh, played it first in 91 and then it didn't appear in their set list until 2000 where they played it a couple of times and then not again until 2003. I hate it. I was, I was in the Reddit forums asking why. I wasn't asking, I was just reading why. And people <laughs> are saying because it's um, the, the guitars are detuned a bit. So they'd have to – and I'm like, I reckon – the Real Chili Peppers are big enough that they can have a roadie bring yes, them yes. on a new guitar and say, yeah. hey, here's a... Or yeah. I would say John Frusciante and uh, Flea are good enough to detune their guitars themselves. And, you know, sometimes uh, musicians get real love-hate with their hits. Yeah. And, and they don't like doing them and then, and then they get annoyed when they get asked to do them. Yeah. You know? Yes. All right, moving on. Now, this song probably... Of all the songs on on the album, probably the most famous, has the most longevity, 
which is so weird seeing it's somewhat novelty. Please welcome into your ears. So mix a lot. Baby got oh back. Oh my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. But, you know, who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough cause you notice that butt was stuck. She's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. And that's where we'll stop it. I mean, can I say, I think on its merits, it's actually a good song, but what's ruined it is every movie, every yeah. ad, every montage, every. Yeah. It's been ruined. It's it's so funny that this is in now in children's movies. It's in, is it in Shrek or something? It's, probably it's in Shark Tale. It's in right. like they just use it all the time. Yeah, which is is fine. Like it's who's making it's that cash? Someone's it, yeah. someone's very rich. Well, that's why he's a, a sir mix a lot. Now yes. I this is my story. So this was the song that made me want to get this compilation tape as a kid. I was like, I need, my friend Kinda Mole had the tape. And I was like, I need to get this as well because I thought this song was the shit. I loved it a lot in in 92, 93. So it's from his album Mac Daddy. Uh, it's Look, some of it has aged pretty poorly. Sure, it's just, for 93, it's a banger. Yeah, but some of it has <laughs> aged, like the messaging is like, he's saying he doesn't care what magazines and what beauty standards say. He likes a big old butt. Yes. That's what, that's what we love to see. He doesn't want his, his yum yucked. And do you know who was the inspiration behind this song? Well, this is going to get me in trouble, so I'm not going to answer that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. He said this song was written after seeing Jennifer Lopez on In mm. Living Colour, the TV show In Living Colour, uh, yes, movies right. Fly Girl. Okay. And so he was like, ooh, I like her butt. And then he wrote, that. I like big butts. What an honour. Yeah. Now, do you think without this song, do you know how, you know, butts are now the trendy thing. Mm. Every every woman in the gym seems to be going, all right, I've got to do leg day, glutes. That's what they're working on. Mm-hmm. And I know that is a big generalisation. Please don't come at me if you go to the gym and go, no, I want to do my shoulders. Do you think this song put butts in popular culture? Like, no. Moved it up. <clears throat> the Kardashians did. Would there, would there be the Kardashians without this song, though? That yeah, This is a chicken-of-the-egg conversation that I've had many a times about this particular song, Josh. This is the, that's the question. Tearing families apart at Christmas when this topic comes up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This song, it's, it's, it's dumb. It's funny. It's uh, aged somewhat well, but somewhat poorly. Mm. All right. Moving on. Here's a guy who's been on the show twice before. This is probably another one of his big old long songs that could be shorter. This is Richard Marks and his song, Take This Heart. I mean... It's quite a transition from Sir Mix-A-Lot to Richard Marks. Richard Marks songs just make you feel like you're in an 80s montage. Yep. Putting sunglasses on. Convertible. Even even though it's from the 90s, it's so 80s sounding. This is the end credit music to any movie made before 95. Here we go, come to a big chorus. What a voice. Good. Yeah. I have a controversial opinion. Go for it. He's the he's America's answer to John Farnham. I I agree. Yeah. yeah. Every every country has one. Mm. He is. Yeah. He even sounds a bit like him. Yeah. Because I I also think every country has like a Bob Dylan. Like we've got Paul Kelly. Mm. The English have uh, Billy Bragg. Like mm-hmm. houses. Yeah. That's that's the. Yeah. But this I I have to make a, a correction from a previous episode. I said that uh, his film clip. Uh, for Hazard was him in a baseball diamond. No, it's this one. This was the him playing for the Chicago Cubs, hitting the winning home run in a in a like a World Series against the Oakland A's. Um, I'm glad you cleared it up. Well, I know. I, look, listen. <laughs> there are a lot of people who every time I make a little mistake on this show, get into know. my DMs, and I'm very thankful for it. I like That's to good. be held accountable. But That's yeah, I, I just thought I better come before the Richard Marx heads come for me, the, <laughs> the marksman. Um, <laughs> So Richard Marks, he, like you've said, great voice, great singer, was, was huge in the early 90s. And uh, this is a story I found uh, about him. So he once almost got killed by the Chinese mafia in Taipei. They, see, like, they were producing his show. He was doing this big outdoor uh, show in Taipei. And it started thundering and lightning. And so they called off the show. There was two two shows back night back to back, as in night one, night two, and the first one was two. So his manager said, "It's it's unsafe. We'll just call it off." And so he went, "All right, I'll go back to the hotel." He was in the hotel when he saw six huge men with guns come storming into the oh. hotel. He uh, kind of hid. They went up to the desk and asked, "Which what room is Richard Marx's room?" Uh, and so. He and his manager hid and then called up the... I tried to call up the American consulate, but in 92 or 93, they didn't have an American consulate in Taipei. And so they just had to call back home to America and going, what do we do? What do we do? Anyway, the uh, Chinese mafia, the head guy, found them, 
they'd already kidnapped one of their uh, members of the band and said, if you don't perform, you've lost me so much money, I'm going to kill this guy. And so they were like, oh, well, we can't perform. It's dangerous. And the Chinese mafia goes, well, this is more dangerous, don't you think? You've lost us so much money. And so they agreed the next day they were going to do a matinee show and then an evening show. And that's how he he survived not getting his head shot uh, from the Chinese mafia. My God. Can you imagine making music like that? Can you I ma- mean... You make music like this and then yeah. you've got the mafia trying to kill you. <laughs> I mean, there's, I feel like maybe you can tell me, what's his big hit? It's not coming ha- to me. It's Hazard. Which is, how does that go? Uh, listen to the episode. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Volume I, as soon as I heard that, when we were listening to that song, in my head I was like, oh, yeah, I know this voice from another song, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. Oh, you might know the... Uh, Never released uh, Howard Stern Fartman movie soundtrack because he, he did the, the the cover song for Fartman. Okay. <laughs> Unaware. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Now the last two from Baby I Got Back to Take This Heart. Bit of a mm. bit of a transition. Oh, that's a bit weird. This one I think is a lot a lot better. This is when Dad's in the car listening to t- Richard Marx, and then we've got from Life Is a Highway Fame Tom Cochran, and this is his follow up single. No regrets. Oh, he's already back on the highway, you can tell. Walking by the roadside, I see my favorite in the morning. I'm checking out the back here. Will my race is my run Tom Cochran, no regrets. You're wincing, Nath. Oh, it's fine. Has someone, like, done a music PhD on um, white rocker men's obsession with highways in song <laughs> and, like, dirt and highways and driving? Do you know what I think it is? What is it? They're touring musicians. Write okay. what you know. They're looking at the road. They're okay. out, heads out the window going, all right, we've got more and more and more of this yeah, yeah, yeah. highway. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, sure. When, Maybe, you know, when yeah. you used to do Comedy Festival Roadshow, you're driving hmm. around, you get up on stage, you did five minutes on bitumen. It's a, it's a good point. It's some career highlights from that red-hot <laughs> local gear in a rural WA town. Uh, yeah, but, you know, maybe I was thinking maybe it's more about the, um, it's just, you know, the the the, the, the freedom, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Get Come away. On, Open no the road. I'm not at home with the kids. I'm driving on a freeway. And let's face it, a dad's happy place is driving oh. alone away from everyone. <laughs> Luke Heggie has the material about, like, seeing a dad in a car. Before he had kids, he was like, oh, who's that psychopath? What a pervert. And now he gets it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. They're tapping into that, just that, the, the dad yeah. fantasy of being alone. 
Yeah. All right. Now, I honestly believe that Tom Cochran walked so Hootie and the Blowfish could run. This is real. <laughs> Remember, there was a whole spate of bands like that. It was like Hootie yeah. and the Blowfish, Counting Crows, all those kind of bands yeah. that kind of big around just after this. So we had we had grunge and then it was like, oh, if grunge is too too rough for you, here's, here's some guys who are just singing absolute middle of the road. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Freeways, highways, middle of the road. It's great. Mm. But I, look, I don't mind this. I, 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 know, I know it has its place. All right. Which is not on my Spotify. <laughs> that's, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay, I, I'll be honest. With you. This show has absolutely ruined my Spotify algorithm. Oh, yeah. The things I'm getting uh, like requested in terms of like, oh, what I should listen to next is yes. crazy. I'll mm. tell you here. I'm playing it from here. Recommended based on what's in this playlist. CNC Music Factory. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, I wish it was, was your lover by Sophie B. Hawkins. I mean, that's a great, great song. That's a great song, by yeah. Uh, uh, I won't say that because we're going to play a ba- that band song. Is right Sophie now. B. Hawkins also the singer of As I Lay? As I lay me, would I double? Would I, man? Yeah, I, well, I think it is, and that's a fucking banger. That's for oh, another day. You can cut that a, bit out. Hopefully, hopefully, it's on, on, on a future episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, we talked about this band last episode. They're back. With their song, Neighbour, this is Ugly Kid Joe. All right, Dad's skipping this one. Dad, as soon as he's heard the last two, he's like, ah, fuck it. You kids call this music? So this was 93. How old were you in 93? Uh, 10. You would have loved this song at 10 years old. Do you reckon? This has got real um, Trump rally vibes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like this is playing before he comes out. So this was uh, Ugly Kid Joe. Whit Crane, the lead singer, he didn't write mm. this uh, song. The uh, guitarist wrote it. And it wasn't until like 90, like they'd already released it. And then the guitarist said, oh, that's actually written about you, you know. Oh, by, you're the neighbor who I'm, I'm writing about. Like you've you've got a nice house, you've moved into a street, and you're ruining it for everyone else. Yeah, they split I mean, up not long long after that. I uh, think I think there's you could you could listen you could really deep dive into those lyrics with a tinge of maybe racism going on, some anti <laughs> "Don't come into my neighborhood" vibes going on here. Maybe I, not. I think what they say is about a redneck family moving into a privileged neighborhood. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. So they're on the they're on the that. side of the of the uh, you know the okay. underdog. All right. Well, I'm into that. I'm into yeah. a, I'm into an underdog. Did you know your neighbors growing up? Oh man, our street was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Like- just 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 fucking children everywhere. Bikes everywhere. Parents everywhere. You're in the burbs. What? Yeah, man. Just, just a classic. Greensboro in Melbourne. Yeah. 
just real one of those like left the house at 8 a.m wouldn't come home till yeah a lot later parents didn't give a fuck we were the absolute same it was like Mm. we would just go into like kids houses on the street i remember our neighbors across the road the flights they're not there anymore they moved Mm. uh but just going into the house all the time is danny home yeah Yeah. come in just going and now i've got kids we've got to organize play dates it's like yeah, oh, yeah, we never yeah. had to organize any play dates when I was a kid. It's like yeah, you just just knock on the door and they're not expecting you and they let you in the house. We sound like we're a hundred years old at the moment, Josh. But I will say my parents are still there in that tiny little Greensboro house. Yeah. And um, when I do go out to the burbs to see them or even friends that have moved out to the burbs with kids, you still don't see kids anymore. And I sound like a creepy person here but yeah. when you drive out to the burbs there isn't kids running around on the street and doing all that stuff remember you'd be on the street playing and then someone was on car watch and they'd yell out there's yeah. a car coming you had to run back off like where are the kids inside my dad always says okay. you can tell like christmases these days you don't see any kids getting a brand new bike they're all inside on their computer games oh thank fuck i'm sorry yeah. but if you if you get a bike for christmas go and fuck yourself mum and dad a bike no, a bike's a good gift. Give a kid a bike. They'll no, like it. give me a Switch but game any day. I, see, I, I'm now growing into, like, we know our neighbours very well and their daughter and my uh, son are very good friends mm. and she's always over our house. It's almost like I'm living in an American sitcom. She just walks in, goes straight to the cupboard, <laughs> opens the pantry. What do you got to eat? No, hello, hello, Josh. Like, yeah, I'm into that. Like, yeah. I'm into that. I, I don't mind it either. I, it does find, I do find it funny. Yeah. I mean, we've just moved to a very boomer, old old boomer retired suburb. We're still renting, of course. And so we're like the youngest people by many decades in our street. And the other day the dog got weird and was, I was like, what's her problem? And then I looked out the front and there was a man in our front yard just pruning our bush. Oh. We, didn't, we didn't ask. I mean, we're thrilled that he did. I'm not touching it. We didn't even own the tools. But he just walked past, realized that it needed to be done, and just did it. Is that is that passive aggressive though? Is that like, oh, hey, I these, yeah, these I two are going like, to do it? The two homos will fucking move in. With, with with the street got excited, thinking, you know, here we go, some nice garden. No, the world's worst gay people. Um, and so I wa- just I texted Cody. I was like, "There's a man pruning our bush." And he was like, oh, that might be a man that I spoke to the other day. He just randomly asked me these questions about us and renting and that we're at number nine and da-da-da-da-da. And so I think he just took it upon himself. When my wife lived in Fitzroy, in her front yard, they had a really nice, it was like a lemon tree. And one day they came home from work, her and her sister lived together, and there was this old woman with a bag and an umbrella just pulling down all the branches and getting all the lemons. And they're like, uh, are you right? That's out. And she goes, you're not going to do anything with it. What are you going to do with it? That woman sounds Italian. Uh, I, I didn't want to say. <laughs> Italian. Some I've actually think I've Instagrammed this before. Uh, I can say this, by the way, I'm Italian. Italian women have a thing with bags of lemons. And I, I don't know when it started. I don't know who's ever asked for it. But uh, when my nonna was alive, God bless, or when my auntie will come over, there will be a bag of lemons left on your table. And I don't, I've never yeah. understood. They're not that in demand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What, what happened in, 
I don't know. Maybe Italy's some, history. <laughs> there's something about lemons. Scurvy outbreak. <laughs> it was a it was a mafia link, and uh, the mafia controlled the lemons in Sicily. Josh, pay, read a book. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I have. It's called scar tissue. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we had a lemon tree in our little backyard there in Greensboro, so my mum would often yell out that old wives' tale, which has been never proven to to piss on the lemon tree oh yeah so if my friends would go to the dunny or even us mom would yell out on the tree <laughs> anyway all right we're up to our final song nath great it's gone so quick all right this is australian band is this the only australian band on the on the list so far i think so yeah it is well, let me just say this as our final song, something that Hit Machines did very well. Many, many Australian artists on many Hit Machines. Hey, we've had Diesel like eight times already. Like, okay. it's good that he's not on this one. have nothing else to say about him. All right, so this is, they've been on twice before. Mm-hmm. Fascinating story, Nath, which I'll tell you off air. Mm-hmm. But this is two number ones in a row. This is their third single. This is Do For You by a little band called Euphoria. This is great. It's like a video game. It's an 8-bit kind of... This is the video game when you go into the secret thing and you've only got 30 seconds to get as many of the things. Parody level bad. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> We'll stop it there. Now, the band name, you wouldn't know this, uh, mm-hmm. unless you're a big Euphoria fan. I'm not, that sounded like a Subway ad, by the way. <laughs> well, their last one I said sounded like a, uh, a Channel 9, Welcome to the Station, we've got <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. hits you want to hear song. <laughs> yeah. This one, all right, there's three members of the band. Uh-huh. The guy sings this one. On the other two songs, the women sing, Karen mm. and Holly. Karen Amazing voice. This guy, no one wants to hear from you, mate. No. I, I don't care if you wrote the song. Okay, give Karen the vocals. It's not good. She's got two number one hits under a under a name there, mm-hmm. and then you also in the film clip. You didn't see the film clip. What would you? What do you reckon he's wearing? Give me Nin- another three seconds of that song. It's ninety three. Ninety three. Here we go. I would say a very bright shirt undone on skin or a white T-shirt underneath it. Okay. Well, you're close. He's wearing <laughs> no shirt, uh-huh. but a snakeskin vest. No, that's undone. Something happened with bare skin on. Yeah. I'm like, look, well, I'm not anti that. Good on him. <laughs> look, he, he had a good body as well. I okay. understand why the record label would go, all right, let's put Fuck him the in the 90s front. lover vest. 
Oh, so many vests. And awful vests, like Looney Tunes character vests. Like, what the fuck happened with silk satin vests in the 90s? What happened, everyone? Should we talk about it? I remember uh, there's a photo of Cody, my partner Cody, with a shiny vest with jelly beans on it. Yeah. I used to work at a supermarket where (laughs) it was like the equivalent of Rolfos, equivalent of Woolworths in Tassie. It was called Rolfos. Mm -hmm. And the uniform was like black pants, white white shirt, but you could do what, wear whatever tie you wanted. And then they introduced black ties at the end of when I finished. But I wore, I had a, a crossword tie. I had a Marvin the Martian tie. Of course you did. I had one that just had American money on it. I had, it was just. The, the, the Marvin the Martian merch never, never like equaled his popularity. No one no. liked Marvin the Martian, but for a few years in the 90s, wherever you looked, Yep. Underwear. What the, the what's new store? Fucking loved Marvin the Martian. It was like lamps and like silk underwear and ties. What was going on with? He had a very good publicist. I'm going to talk about Looney Tunes boxer shorts in the next episode. There's a story coming up okay. in one of the songs where, uh, yeah. But it is. It was a, a huge, and it also started once again hip hop culture. Mm. All these like gangster rappers wearing fucking Tweety Bird tops. I don't understand it. I mean, I went to Movie World a few weeks ago with some comedians and we were doing the Brisbane Comedy Festival, one of the best days of my life. But you, when you go to Movie World as an adult, you really realise how much they have, the characters have not stayed around and it was almost depressing. Like, no one gives a fuck about Tweety Bird anymore. Like, no. they're, they're, their time is done. Now, you, well, you, wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have watched the, the new Space Jam film, A New Legacy. I did not watch that. No, because I don't could, have I don't have kids, and I'm not into American basketball like you guys are. So could be the worst film I've ever seen. Okay, and it was that thing. Me, my kids had seen the original Space Jam film. They didn't mm. mind it, but they were like, "Hey, well, I want to go see this one." They don't know who any of the Looney Tunes characters are. Mm. Like they they knew like there was a scene where like the granny who owns Tweety Bird and Sylvester, I remember was, her. was doing a parody of The Matrix. My kids what? had no fucking idea. Yeah, it's, it's the only ones the movies could afford. It was Marvin the Martian in it? Yeah, of course. What was oh, his saying? Uh, what was his thing about it leaving? Was like, or, it was off I go or something, something about leaving know. or something. So we can't even remember that. I don't know. I, I want to know who is, you've got kids, who's the um, weird character that you think very young boys are probably masturbating over? Because my generation had Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit, and then, so then who's, there was uh, the one from Space Jam, the original uh, one. Who's the new Jessica Rabbit for the new gen? I don't, I don't know. Like uh, the one where the I don't think animators do it anymore. I don't think they make inappropriate, flat out porn for kids anymore with animation, right? Bluey's mum. I don't know. Like, okay. <laughs> maybe there just isn't one. I don't think. No, I think that's that's a thing of the past. Yeah, doesn't happen anymore. Like the animators don't sit there at Pixar going, we want to give 11-year-old stiffies. Yeah. Yeah, those times of... And I miss those days. (laughs) Bring it back. Bring back the days where kids could get stiffies over Jessica Rabbit. What is wrong with this world? And that's the clip I'm putting out. All right. Okay. Hey, Nate, that's the end. So you've heard nine songs. Hmm. It's called 100% Hits. Yeah. What percentage hits would you give this compilation so far? This list list 65. 
60 that's that's pretty that's more than a pass that's pretty good that's a credit it, it sounded unit. it sounded better than it looked when when you first sent me the list um i was like this is grim but yeah. the, the the listen was a lot more enjoyable than i thought it would be i would say the first five songs are probably the strongest first five we've had in mm. this whole series yeah we kicked we kicked off big then dad's had to get involved and then yeah. the, the last two the highway like, okay. came along yeah <laughs> Dad's dropped the kids off at soccer and then he gets to drive home for two songs before uh, Ugly Kid Joe comes in. Yeah. Hey, thank you for doing this, Nath. That was fun. Where can people find you? Uh, Coming up, Darwin, please. Doing the Darwin Festival, which is apparently an incredibly fun, crazy couple of weeks. Well, Darwin's a great city. Yeah, I do love Darwin. Um, So come see my show in Darwin, please. And and, uh, just for last... Starts in a couple of weeks on Channel 10, the just the new Just for Last series. Excellent. Um, which is um, a lot of comedians uh, over over 10 weeks. That's so long. Uh, do you remember TV? Do you remember Free to Air? It's on that. <laughs> so if you can find how to put on the, the station, uh, yeah, channel, channel 10 in a couple of weeks. Everyone's watching The Hunted. They'll, they'll find it. Oh, it's on, it's on my to-do. So I'll be catching up on The Hunted very soon. Hey, if you're listening to this and you're in Melbourne, I'm doing a Don't You Know Who I Am live at the Belfry, which is in uh, Fitzroy on Brunswick Street there, August 21. So this will be the monthly uh, live show of Don't You Know Who I Am. So go to joshell.com.au, get a ticket. Also, two weeks before that, on the 5th of August, I'm doing uh, Good Intentions with Tommy Daslow, our new comedy room that we've got set up. So that'd be great if you could go to that. As always, join the Patreon if you want to help out the podcast, patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. This has been lots of fun, Nate. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next Please, time. Please, people, people, donate to the Patreon because Josh pa- Josh pays us $2,000 to do this. It's too much. <laughs> My accountant said, why are you doing this? $2,000. So I said, that if you want to get the good guests, <laughs> you've got to pay them. Thanks, right. mate. Thanks, buddy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.